good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Leadership in Quarters podcast. My name is Josh Selden, and I'll be joining you on this leadership journey. Episode four is all about servant leadership. Servant leadership is one of my favorite topics to talk about because it's so incredibly important and has a strong connection to building trust. So let's start off with a question. What type of leader would you follow, and what qualities do they possess that inspire you to trust them? Are they the type of leader to sit behind a desk and give direction? Do they do the bare minimum to interact with you and the rest of the team? Or do they work side by side with you, supporting you and breaking down barriers? I'm sure your answer was the leader that works alongside you and helps break down barriers for you. That's just a small portion of what servant leadership is. There are a lot of different ways to describe servant leadership. Not only does it describe a leader that's willing to work alongside you, but also a leader that has the characteristics of empathy, listening, stewardship, and the commitment to personal growth of others. We've already discussed empathy in episode three, so let's dive into the other characteristics that can help transform us into an effective servant leader. What are the benefits of being a leader who listens? How do you feel as someone who has a leader that listens to you and others on your team? What does it do to your relationship with them? Have you had leaders that don't listen to you? And if so, how does that make you feel? As a leader, it is extremely important to listen in all directions, to those that work for us, to our teammates, and our own leaders. A coworker of mine once told me, we have one mouth and two ears. We should use them proportionally. As an effective leader, it's important to have our own opinion and view on topics, but we should also ensure that we're taking the time to listen to others as well. Again, I'll say that a room full of me's would tank the business. Why is that? What's really the benefit of listening? If we listen to others, we get the opportunity to have different views on all ranges of topics. Think about what others bring to the table. As we listen, we can receive feedback, positive or negative, that can change how we approach situations and improve our culture. We can get new and exciting ideas from people that we can implement and improve culture, productivity, results, and more. Ultimately, as we listen, we have the ability to improve culture, trust, and build psychological safety among our team. Conversely, what happens if we don't listen? How would that make our team feel? Have you ever had a leader that blatantly didn't listen? I once worked with someone who was just like that, someone who blatantly didn't listen to anyone. They would always go with their idea, and they wouldn't hide it. They would ask for people's opinions on matters, and then, immediately after they were shared, he would tell us he would be going with his idea instead. He never took the time to truly listen to us. It was obvious that he was asking us in order to check some personal box of pretending to listen to his team. He wouldn't think about what was said, or take the time to make us think he was actually considering what we had suggested. What do you think that did to the group? That's right, it caused the whole team to completely shut down. No one gave their opinion, no one spoke up. There was no point. Everyone knew that what we said was falling on deaf ears. It impacted all of us and the culture that we built. When we as leaders don't listen, our people don't feel heard and we become ineffective leaders. Stewardship and investing in the growth of others goes hand in hand. The idea of stewardship is really understanding that our role as leaders are temporary. Our purpose as leaders is to prepare our organizations to outlast us. As we lead, we invest in our systems, our teams, our people, and prepare our organizations for future vitality. We should always be preparing our organization for life after us and should look at it in one of two ways. Either we do the work so our organization sustains results and standards that get them through leadership changes, or we do such good work in preparing our organization that our role can go away altogether. 
So many times, when a leadership change happens, the organization implodes. What do you think this means? This means the right investment in the team did not happen. It means that we, as leaders, muscled the results and did not build our organization along the journey. It means we didn't invest in our people and our systems. We have not prepared our organization and our team for our departure, and they will suffer after we leave. If we do our jobs right, we should be replaceable, because that means our organization can thrive once we're gone. As I said before, we can do this so well that our job is no longer needed, but at a minimum, we should be able to set our team and our replacement up for success by our actions while we're there. I have actually lived through this situation where this goes horribly wrong. I once took over an organization, and not soon after, two people from this group left. These were two of the most hardworking, definitions of a team player that I've seen. They pretty much lived at work, always supporting the team. They worked 14-hour days, and they'd easily make the trip in to help them if the team ever hit a roadblock. They were extremely skilled technically, and can usually fix any issue there was. The organization wasn't performing great, but it wasn't doing too badly either. Then again, soon after I inherited the organization, those two people left. Can you guess what happened next? That's right, everything imploded. The results started decreasing, and fast. Morale dipped because now there were issues, but the team's normal saviors weren't there to bail them out of the situation. We all had to learn on the fly, and quickly. There were some extremely tough moments, days, weeks, even months. Slowly, after months of trying to get things under control, it finally settled down. So think about this, and think about what makes a servant leader with regards to stewardship and investing in the growth of others. Do you think these highly respected and technical leaders exhibited that type of behavior? How obvious is it? When a leader or a few leave an organization and immediately the results begin going in the opposite direction, it is very obvious that they did not focus on stewardship or the growth of their organization. They were amazing, skilled people, but they didn't bring people along the journey with them. They did not make sure that as they were fixing problems, they were transferring that skill they had to others. They didn't allow others to try to fix the issues first before stepping in. Overall, they slowed down or even stopped the learning process for their teams. While what they were doing looked and felt like support, with regards to stewardship and growth investment, they were not performing. So what can we learn from this? Obviously, these leaders did not prepare their organization for life after them. They did what they thought was best, but at the end of the day, it hurt the culture of the organization. The biggest misstep they took was not building capability and growth in others. One of the biggest parts of servant leadership is committing to and investing in the growth of others. This sounds so simple, but at the same time, it's so easy to miss. The reason for that is because this is something that needs to be extremely intentional. This is going to sound bad, but investing in the growth of others is inconvenient. Think about it. How do you invest in others' personal and professional growth? We send them to trainings, which normally last a few days to a week. We have them shadow other leaders so they can learn new skills and good habits from them. We send them on benchmarking trips to other organizations, other sites, to learn from the best in whatever their focus area is. We stop ourselves from fixing something quickly or doing something ourselves with efficiency so we can slow down and bring them along with us. So we can teach and have them learn so the next time they can do it themselves. Maybe not as quickly as we can or as flawlessly, but they will learn to do it themselves. These all sound like great things, so why is it inconvenient? We are taking someone out of our organization, who we rely on to get work done for us, 
in order to enable their growth. We are willingly losing someone for some amount of time, which means that their work either doesn't get done or has to be absorbed by someone else on the team. We slow down the progress of fixing a defect, writing a report, making a presentation, in order to ensure that they learn alongside us as we do these tasks. Ultimately, we are trading time and the capacity of our team to invest in someone. It sounds like we're putting the organization, your team, or even yourself at a disadvantage by doing this, right? But this is what servant leadership is. And these opportunities are not negatives, they are investments. Think about your life outside of work if you're an investor. What does it mean to invest in something? A hobby, a stock, maybe a podcast? These are all things we're putting ourselves at a disadvantage for in order to move forward in some other area. We invest time in hobbies and we invest money in stocks. When this happens, we don't get the time back that we invested in that hobby and we at least temporarily lose the money that we're investing in the stock. It's an immediate, short-term loss that we deal with in order to have a successful, large gain in the future. That's exactly what focusing on someone else's personal growth is. Even if it's a short-term inconvenience to you and your team, the long-term benefits are priceless. When you train that person, they may learn how to do a job only you know how to do. Now, when you're on vacation, you don't have to get called in in order to fix something. Someone else is there that can. You also may be building someone up to be closer to what they eventually want to do within your organization. When it's time for you to move on to a different role or job, you are leaving people behind who can carry on the business while you're gone. You are investing in the future of your organization, and all it takes is a little bit of short-term, immediate discomfort or inconvenience. But this is why people don't do it, and this is why it's so difficult to find true servant leaders. Many people live in the now and find it so difficult to look to the future. They think, how does this affect me? Instead of, how does this help them and my team long-term? It is so easy to have tunnel vision on the minor inconvenience. It's so hard to see the forest through the trees. It's so much easier to just live in the now. Make sure my life is easier now because I have things that need to get done at this moment. And if I don't invest, if I don't momentarily lose that person, they can continue helping me with the work I need done today. If they are not skilled, if they don't grow, that's the next leader's problem. You become a hindrance to growth and progression, and when you leave, the organization will continually take steps backwards until a leader comes who is a true servant leader, who truly invests in the growth of their team. The final part of the meaning of being a servant leader is being a leader. It may sound obvious, but it's really not. So far, everything we've talked about sounds great, and it's just what we'd like to see from our leadership. Someone who works beside me, has empathy, who listens to us, who practices stewardship and invests in my growth. But that can't be it. It can't be all rainbows and sunshine, or nothing will get done. You need someone to be a leader, who can make tough decisions. Someone who embodies everything we've talked about, but understands it can't happen all the time, or else the business and the organization will never progress. It sounds great to be nice all the time, listens about how people's lives are, always working alongside you, sends you off to build your capability, but it can't happen 100% of the time. A leader needs to step away and get their work done, go into specific meetings, or take time to make decisions that they are responsible for. They need to make some tough calls, tough decisions, and hold people accountable. They can't send the whole team away to build their capability at a training all at once, or there would be no one left to actually run the business. They have to make choices. This time someone goes to a training, and next time it's your turn. 
They aren't always the easy, popular decisions, but a true leader can make them. Being a servant leader is an amazing thing to strive for and will have a hugely positive impact on your team. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is that that person is and acts like a leader. Servant leadership is an extremely important leadership style that positively influences culture. Someone who is a servant leader focuses on the individuals in their organization so they can plan and prepare for the future. They exhibit behaviors of empathy, listening, stewardship, and committing to the investment of the growth of their team members. This type of leader is one who will never ask someone to do something they aren't willing to do themselves first. They are the type of leader that is part of the team, pulling the rock alongside the rest of the team, instead of standing in front of everyone else and yelling for them to pull. Servant leadership is a highly sought after and rarely achieved leadership style that is greatly appreciated by that leader's organization. It is something we should all strive for because though we may not fully achieve what it means to be a true servant leader, most of us can get close. So how does this change the approach to your current leadership style? Do you feel like you're already a servant leader? What would you change about your current style to more align to servant leadership? How would you feel if your leader exhibited these behaviors? Have you worked for someone who is a stark opposite to everything we've described a servant leader to be? And if so, how does that make you feel as someone who is a part of their team? Think about how this all makes you feel, what kind of impact this has on you, and then think about it from the other side and the impact your actions have on your team. Servant leadership is not easy, but starting the journey to get there is as easy as starting the investment in yourself. So far, in the past few episodes, we focused on how we tap into our human side to have a positive impact on our team and our culture. How we get to that point, though, is a completely different story, and we will explore that in Episode 5. Episode 5 will be all about the relationship and balance of IQ and EQ. Episode 5 will drop next Sunday. Please like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast, to my Instagram at leadinquarters for updates, and email me with any questions or ideas you may have for future episodes at leadinquarters at gmail.com. Remember, Leadership isn't just about giving orders, it's about empowering others to reach their full potential. Continue to lead with compassion, vision, resilience, and keep inspiring for positive change. Until next time.